Hello, everyone, and welcome to the King Kong Minute Podcast. My name is Steven. And I'm Terry. And today, uh, this week, we are starting off with uh, minute number 16. Minute number 16 begins with uh, Carl explaining to Anne that he is not that type of person at all. And then it says, sure enough, against her better judgment. And that's where the minute ends. Cliffhanger. (laughs) Cliffhanger. Spoilers. (laughs) I think that's the second time I've quoted uh, River Song in this show. Oh, man, who would have guessed uh, the two of us with innumerable <laughs> similar interests are going to bring up those interests? For, for who those, thunk it? <laughs> for those of you who are listening, well, actually, we're not doing video, so everyone who's listening to this is just listening, there is a poster of a Dalek behind Terry, so it's going to happen. It makes me think of, you know, it's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so, like I said, the minute starts with... Uh, and about to walk away from <coughs> Carl, and he gets all defensive. Cause he's like, "No, no, 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 no! I'm not a, I'm not a creepy pervert." He says, "I'm someone you can trust. Trust. I'm a movie, I'm a producer. movie producer. Historically, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, historically, <laughs> not someone you can trust." Um, I had to go into uh, the history of, um, like scandals and misconduct of producers uh, in film, and they do go back as far as 1921. Which is, you know, things are just starting out. So, like, there have been scandals as long as there's been talkies. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was uh, Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. Fatty oh, man. What, oh, what a name. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but he was the first major alleged sexual abuse case in film industry. Um, which was, I mean, it's not a great story to tell. So, if you want to look it up, go for it. But, um, yeah. So, it, it goes back as far as 1921. Dang. So um, I wonder this tongue-in-cheek joke to obviously movie producers aren't always um, the best people. Don't know if uh, <laughs> if, if Anne would be expecting movie producers to be that, and he's getting like just <clears throat> defending against it beforehand. Well, I mean, you can like even tell in her face that a movie producer does not immediately assuage <laughs> her doubt. She's still looking at him like she's about to walk out the door. Right. And, you know, it, it's honestly interesting to kind of pick apart. What does actually get her to sit back down? Is it the fact that at least this guy seems different than who she normally encounters? Is it the kindness he has shown her thus far? I don't know. I do have some some weird problems with this minute that we'll get to a little later, but um, her motives confuse me a little bit throughout. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know... <clears throat> I don't know what what he's expecting her to say when he says, you can trust me, I'm a movie producer. Because I just don't know what it would have been like actually in 1933. Is that Mm -hmm. more of a joke for us here today in 2005? Or is that a joke for, you know, 1933 audiences? And hey, maybe it wasn't a joke at all. Maybe it was genuinely just this this character scene of Denim trying to convince Anne, like by saying literally, I'm a movie producer. I'm not just someone who trades in smut right right and that's uh well he does have his principles he won't do nudie shots yeah exactly so, excuse me um I mean, of course we've... now we have like harvey weinstein so like but that was but that was before two well after 2005 that the, mm-hmm. it really blew open so i don't know although it is really funny that harvey weinstein was so closely connected with the initial attempts to um make cinema uh versions of lord of the rings like there's a there's a there's a dark universe of her, like out there where the Lord of the Rings duology with executive producer Harvey Weinstein crashed and failed. 
I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that at all. Just but that's just, good you know, because as, as bad as things and you know as bad as things are, at least we're not there. That's just I didn't realize there was a connection between uh, Harvey Weinstein, Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, all that. Oh, that's kind of funny. The deeper you get that, okay. So whoever did Lord of the Rings minute. Uh, they owe it to themselves to dive into the weeds of that but basically the fact that we have lord of the rings trilogy existing as it is with peter jackson as the director was essentially the biggest middle finger to harvey weinstein that they could conjure in the industry and the fact that against all odds that like the return of the king destroyed box office records and like Mm -hmm. um academy award records again just blew up that middle finger to like literal astronomic scale just this movie is based off of rv weinstein failing and that is beautiful well that is a story that sounds like someone who isn't doing king kong man it should tell but i don't (laughs) you know i'll have to look into it right that is really cool though i'll have to look into Mm -hmm. that yeah no Um, like like there's been articles they're easily found on like first page of google you just look that up um, it's a good read, but anyway, back to this. <laughs> um, I just want to say Jack Black's expression as he's trying to coax and to sit back down. Come on, please, just sit please, down. sit. Down. <laughs> it's just his face <laughs> it gets me. I mean, like a little squinty-eyed, like half smile thing. I know. Just please sit down, sit down. <laughs> he's trying so hard, and then I feel like that. The more I'm, okay, before we started doing this minute by minute, I loved Jack Black as Carl Denham. And he's doing it very well, don't get me wrong, but his character makes me a little sick the more I watch it. it never, I mean, it didn't really make me sick sick before, but now it's like, even in the beginning, I'm like feeling a little like uneasy because he's doing this. He's used to getting his way. He fully expects her to sit back down. He's just making it happen. Uh-huh. And you know, his confidence in his persuasive abilities, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, again, he's a straight white conventional male in 1930s. New York, mm-hmm. you know, he's not exactly used to getting challenged like that on that front. And, you know, just no matter how much of a better guy Denim might be in certain areas, the bar was not very high. Um, oh, yeah, but sorry, back to the, the movie producer line. Um, she even cocks her head knowingly. Uh-huh. And you're right, like, I, there, it plays that little musical sting that's like that yeah. comedy um, uh-huh. clarinet kind of. Is that a clarinet? I'm not sure. But it is (laughs) one of those woodwinds ones like that that sting right there. And it is kind of similar to the same sting when um Denim blunders about revealing that there's gonna be a ship involved. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean the earnestness that he Mm -hmm. portrays here. Like he believes I I don't know why I keep saying this. I'm gonna repeat it for the rest but he believes everything he's saying is Oh yeah, no. He's convincing himself as he convinces her. <laughs> that, that's, I think, the underlying thing of Denim. He buys what he sells. Yeah. Wholesale. Wholesale whole, wholeheartedly. He drinks his own snake oil. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, uh, let's see, what does he say here? Oh, yeah. And he looks her in the eye and lies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Singapore. So, you're filming in the Far East. Singapore. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Denim plays poker. I don't think he should. <laughs> I think... He'd have dozens of tells. Oh, yes. Yeah. The way his eyebrows, like, just freeze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, oh, also, are we going to have to start a sin counter for how many times Jack Black arcs an eyebrow when he's, get- <laughs> like, for emphasis? 
Oh no, but it makes that's that's the expressive uh, character actor that he is. You can't yes. take that away from him. That's fair. You can't penalize him for that. <laughs> that's fair. I love his acting. I really oh yeah, no. I mean, Jack Black is entirely singular like that. And yeah. truthfully, either you love him or you loathe him. How much do you think? I don't have this researched. I'm just curious. Yeah. A, a plate of pasta like that. How much do you think it would cost in 1933? I have no idea. That is an excellent question. Um, you know, there's got to be an inflation counter somewhere. <laughs> Pardon us while we look. Because I did look up the apple and it was 19 cents, but I'm like, wait, I didn't look up the pasta. Right. I mean, we could reverse engineer it, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> you know, just let me... Well, you know, let me, you know, let's just give it a shot. How much for a sure. plate of pasta in New York? <laughs> I also guarantee, like... You said in New York there. It makes me think. Like, I looked up price of Apple in 1933. I didn't even think about the price in New York versus out in the country where they're growing them, you know? Okay. Watching the watching the Waltons would make me think you could buy, like, a dozen for a dime. Right. Okay. Hang on. Uh, Let's see. Okay. So, I mean, this is not exact, but for reference, um, in 1931... At Schrafts in Flatbush, Flatbush Avenue in uh, Manhattan. Let's see. Special green vegetable dinner, 75 cents. Minute steak, buck 25. Chicken salad, home style, 90 cents. Um, in 1932, at the Pig and Whistle in Los Angeles. Again, not New York, but a city very similar to New York. Mm -hmm. um, seventy For 75 cents, a businessman's lunch of charcoal broiled French lamb chops, new peas... French fried potatoes, fruit salad, hot biscuits, and coffee, tea, milk, or tomato juice. That's 75 cents. And 1934, back in New York, um, on its August 15th menu, Mary Elizabeth's, a tea room on 5th Avenue at 36th Street, offers a tropical chicken special with orange selections, pineapple hollandaise, and new green peas for $1.10. A cream a cream cheese and jelly sandwich <laughs> um, is 30 cents. What's funny is that sounds disgusting, but then just substitute bread for bagel and suddenly i'm fine with it it's it's all about the texture it's just <laughs> okay. a, a bre a bre the bagel dough is doughier um it's able to hold it in better it i'm because i'm imagining they probably would be using like the equivalent of wonder bread on that yeah and that's what ruins it for me <laughs> oh man so basically it's that meme of uh doc brown from back to the future we have to go back yeah yep. uh, those prices listen to that yeah, I know, but uh, no Tylenol either. Well, no, penic <laughs> no penicillin either. What does uh, Captain America say? No polio is good. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, food's a lot better. I think we had to boil everything. No polio is good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And love it or hate it, internet so helpful. Yes. <laughs> I, um, I find funny uh, that, well, not funny, but okay, you're listening off 75 cents was like this massive meal. Mm -hmm. What would that be at, like, a decent place in L.A. now? Like, 25, 30? Yeah, on the low end, yeah. On the low end, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, even, there's this place out here in, um, I live in the Orlando area. Uh, there's this place out here, an Italian place called Delmonico's. Uh -huh. And um, most of their stuff, when we go, it's it's pretty nice. Um, but 25, 30 yeah. is pretty average. So, um, let's just say inflation is the worst thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks. It definitely does. Um, 
I mean, don't get me started on my minimum wage rant, but that's something for another time. Well, um, anyway. <laughs> um, but, and then it is also worth cons- noting that the places that we mentioned were reasonably more upscale. Like, that's a tea room talking mm. there, which is going to be like slightly a nicer clientele. This is sure. definitely just a dime a dozen diner here. So sure. let's maybe hesitantly say that a plate of whatever they're serving was let's estimate at this point let's say 50 cents sure which is funny because half of that is what carl paid for one apple yep that's weird yeah i know but how much I, do you think it, wait how much is an apple now Cost i mean of yeah apple oh wait of course nowadays it's like apple tv apple uh, <laughs> whoops man the world has changed so much I don't know. Okay. Nope, it's still... Okay, I give up. <laughs> Everything's like iPhone, laptop, Apple TV. I mean, okay, so try like doing like Apple at Walmart. There we go. Let's see That's here. a good baseline. And then it's going to be like iPhone accessories. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so glad Walmart. we got this out. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Wow, that's actually not bad. Um, It's like two twenty-seven a pound. Is right. that really all that different than 1933? <clears throat> it's not terribly, but then again, produce is kind of funny like that. Like, produce is kind of like one of the one only exemptions, because there's only so much more that you can really need to increase the price on it. Yeah. <clears throat> That's fair. Mostly Unless the you price, get your... Sorry. Mo- yeah, I'm sorry. Mostly the price only goes up as a result of, um, like, increased costs in shipping or, like, labor right. to harvest. Unless you're, uh... Yeah, your free shavakadoos. <laughs> Avocados go up in price and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that's because it's it's the millennial vegetable. Look, I don't even like them that much, but the fact that they're expensive is stupid. <laughs> yeah. They're good in guac. That's about it. I don't really... <laughs> I don't go out of my way for avocado. Fine. Okay, look, I, I play into the millennial stereotype in the one way that it's like, yes, I know it's extra at, at uh, Chipotle. I don't care. Give it to me anyway. <laughs> that's fair. And this week of Produce Minute. Um, <laughs> hey, the devil's in the details, and that is the whole shtick of this podcast. That's, that's true. That's true. If Hope the devil's in the de- Hey, guys, honestly, that should be this, but the byline for Minute by Minute podcast. If the devil's in the details, then call us possessed. Oof. <laughs> All right, we got a we got a name for this episode. <laughs> if not a T-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Well, we'll get there. At the I want to plug. Sh- I want a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to plug some stuff at the end of this episode. No worries. All right. Um, all right. So um, he uses some words here to describe the character that he's he's portraying for Anne here that he mm-hmm. wants her to, to be. He uses beautiful, fragile, and haunted, which I don't know. As, as someone who likes to think that they can write stories occasionally, which, you know, I haven't done that in a while, but right. um, that does <clears throat> make for a compelling character for some reason. Yeah, but those are three three adjectives that I don't know. I feel like if you have those three things, people are going to be interested. They're going to keep turning the page. They're going to keep watching. And yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know well, the human nature of trying to see that. Well, I mean, obviously, beautiful is going to cover the baseline of just attraction to get people in the door. For one thing, mm-hmm. you know, if we're going to break down his pitch, which I think we should because he's in pitch mode. <laughs> the way he folds his hand and again arches his eyebrow, it's like he is in a business meeting all of a sudden. Super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Um Oh, please tell me you know what I'm talking about. Oh god. Oh, I have failed you as a friend. 
I have failed you. I'm going to send you some links to some videos. Anyone listening, go to YouTube, look up Screen Rant's pitch meetings, enjoy yourself. Okay, so, all right, I haven't seen all of pitch meetings, okay? I know Screen Rant <laughs> pitch meetings, but I've not seen all of them. Okay, that's that's like their big, their, uh, their big quote. Super easy, barely an inconvenience. Okay, gotcha. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, so let's break down what he's using here. Beautiful, fragile, and haunted. Obviously, beautiful is just going to get people in the door. You know, just mm-hmm. get them interested in the character because conventional attractiveness. Sure. But fragile and haunted both just in the words imply history, imply a storied character. Obviously, something happened to them to put them into a state of being fragile mm-hmm. and haunted. Obviously, we're invested in the character of Anne Darrow for those exact same reasons. She is indeed all of those things. This pitch to her is basically the closest we get to a f- almost a fourth wall break, honestly, concerning Anne's character because it's literally just her. She is a yeah. beautiful, fragile, and haunted figure who has just had a fateful once-in-a-lifetime meeting that will forever change the course of her life. And that's, That is true. That's the whole point of this. Like, this monologue about a fateful meeting obviously parallels his own with Anne, and it ties into what we've talked about here with Anne. What we're seeing here is just the beginning of her own story as we see the end of Denim's. Yeah. Which, uh, just... It's like poetry. It rhymes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wrong, wrong movie director. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, what I do find funny is we have a a lot of times, and I think you can see this if you were to watch any Marvel movie and try and count um, how long the longest shot in the movie is, you might get ten seconds or something. I don't uh-huh. know. The, this minute, the last almost half of it, twenty two seconds, is just Anne's face. Yep. Which okay. I feel like, yeah, older movies can get away with that. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need to go back. I like that better. But I'm going to say that Naomi Watts didn't get away with here is a lack of blinking. She doesn't blink, and it <laughs> bugs me. I, as soon as I realize it, it's... Re- okay, I, this is a thing for next time especially, but she does not blink a lot. And especially with some of the line delivery in the next episode, it's just... This is a really awesome, but this is a little unnerving. This That's absolutely bizarre to me, because I was just watching something today. And it was the first time I'd ever really noticed in a movie, at least in a very long time, that a character wasn't blinking. And I was like, that's kind of creepy. And that's funny because that's weird that it came up today. But anyway, yeah, you're right. She, she, I just had it playing on my screen and she does not blink the whole time. <laughs> I don't think I keep my eyes open for 22 seconds without blinking. Now that you're thinking about it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I don't have it because of that 22 seconds. Here we are 20 minutes into the episode and I'm here <laughs> saying I don't have that much for this minute. But um, yeah, that's about it for me. I don't know about anything you might have. Yep, we're just ending on this cliffhanger with Denim's pitch. All right. Well, then, um, yeah. So let's let's plug some stuff. Uh, yeah. So we're very early on, and here's a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, I want to have a pretty significant bl- backlog of episodes recorded before we start releasing. But if you want to comment, um, want to say something you noticed, maybe something we missed, send us an email. We are at the King Kong Minute at gmail.com sorry not the it's just king kong minute at gmail.com uh send us an email say uh what we missed what you liked what we disliked uh if it's a good email we'll we'll read it on the podcast um if it's a bad email you suck and we hate you I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no uh yeah just we'll we'll read out um some listener comments and stuff we don't have to be the only ones here you can be a part of the show um but yeah i'd love to hear other people's thoughts maybe people who love this movie as well and just aren't as vocal on online communities and things like that because yeah. absolutely you know. <laughs> please um anything you can especially hey 
I'm a complete amateur um, regarding just podcasts in general, but also when I was trying to block out all of the locations in Manhattan, um, any New York buffs or any architecture buffs um, who really just want to call out my errors or correct me or like hone things in more, please do, because I would love more specificity in that area. Yeah, exactly. Show us why we're stupid. Yeah, educate us, edumacate us. <laughs> edumacate us. Um, and also, uh, by the time the show releases, I do plan to have a T Public store open for the uh, podcast. It'll have our logo. Um, we'll have um, the again. If you're if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, we have some digital paintings from stuff from the from the movie. I want to have T-shirts and notebooks with those paintings on them if you want them. Um, yeah, so we'll have that up and running by the time the show's released. Other than that, yeah, that's that's all I got. Go buy our stuff. Yeah, spend your spend your hard earned money. <laughs> spend those uh, spend those two bits, guys. Spend your bits. <laughs> your fifty cents for a plate of pasta. Instead, go spend more on a notebook or a t shirt or wall art or something. Look, I know times are tough, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not the thirties. Come on, uh, just wait. We're just kidding, everyone. Oh no, no, please, please <laughs> don't jinx us. Um, well, anyway, yeah. You don't have to spend your money, obviously. Please pay your rent before you buy a t-shirt from us, but yeah, then no, buy seriously. a t-shirt from us. <laughs> All right. I Is that it? I think that's it. So, guys, I guess you will hear us when you hear us. On the next episode of the King, King Kong, Kong Minute. Minute. Bye, everyone.